Hello, everyone. Ah, welcome. This is Shelby. I have an amazing guest today. We're going to talk and go through some stuff. And there's a couple topics that we definitely want to hit for sure. Um, one of them being something that I don't think is talked about enough, and that's recovering into different body types. So I don't know why I just gave a dissertation before I introduced you, but this is Avery. Hi, I'm Avery. Avery, got to get closer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Shelby, and welcome to Not Your Regular Coach Podcast. <laughs> so we're doing a live-in. Today's the last day. Yeah. I think we should just recap a little because it's doesn't even seem normal. Like, like no. it's not real. No, it doesn't feel real. And it's this happens to me every single time, seriously. And I don't understand what's wrong with me and why literally the weirdest shit happens to me when I'm in livings. Like that doesn't it's not this isn't like, oh, yeah, my normal daily life. Like this stuff happens to me all the time. I don't get it. It's been crazy okay so we get here okay by the way we're in chicago i don't know if you know but last week was literally negative 100 degrees so we get here we get into our airbnb and there's like old ass heaters they i don't you know the metal ones um i don't even know what they're called radiators radiators okay radiators so we have some radiators (laughs) we get in we're like okay it's kind of cold like "Mm, i don't know like how do you turn these things up and we're like looking at the wall looking for the what's it called the like thermostat thermostat thermostat. and trying to like figure it out no there's no thermostat and also you can't touch the metal things because they'll burn your hand off yes so when they're working when they're working if not they might freeze your hand off um so anyways it's negative a thousand degrees we go to sleep i'm like my nose is cold like something's wrong here it feels like i'm skiing (laughs) you were freezing right yes i literally could not feel my toes so we had to go the whole next like half day like that Literally, I'm calling Tyler. I'm like, I'm dying. And he's like, give me the number to the guy. I'll call him up. He like threatens with a lawyer we don't have. It was really dramatic. And then it took me having to contact Airbnb support and go back and forth with them over Because the guy's name, he wouldn't answer his phone or like... Like the message support. Message. Like he would not answer. And then finally he answered and he said that maintenance was going to come look at it. So then maintenance came and looked at it, and the heat finally turned on. And then, for my troubles, Airbnb gave me a $17 refund. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whopping $17 refund for freezing our... Yeah. $17 refund on freezing to death. Literally. (sighs) Oh. Yeah, okay, so that happened. That happened. But by the way, the heat has been off the charts now, like blowing like, a gasket. Like now I think we're going to die in bird Literally, it feels like we're in the desert. It's so it's so hot. We've had to like open the windows. I think no, I think they're just like fuck these bitches, like literally heat them up because it gets worse. <laughs> we are not done it's with our stay here. So it gets so much worse. Um <laughs> I was on FaceTime with my friend. Um and like we were all talking. And then we started hearing, like, a weird noise, and my friend was like, what is that noise? Like, guys, like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and Shelby, like, opens the door. Okay, this is probably the white, a white, white bitch thing, right? Because Shelby opens this front door, 
Like, there couldn't be a murderer standing outside. Huh? What are you talking about? This door right here. As soon as the yelling started, yeah, you opened it. Yeah, there's a peephole. But you opened it. Can you see up the stairs in the peephole? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't. But I can't, I can't even say anything because then I went outside and climbed up the deck. So, like... Also, but anyways, like, if it's, if it's like, I, I would rather, ooh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd rather die for the cause of seeing, like, the drama <laughs> than just, like, never know. At least you can know the drama. I guess that's fair. So, anyways, we hear literally screaming, okay? A girl screaming, help me, please stop, don't do this, just over and over. And, like, it's screaming, like, blood-curdling like blood screams. screams. Like, loudest i have ever heard anyone scream in my life banging banging like do you okay picture i still don't believe them now that i'm like replaying this in my mind there's no way there's no way like it sounded like someone was picking up bodies and throwing them on the floor imagine like okay imagine you you, like you're listening to like crime junkie or something like you listen to a crime podcast and then they play like the 911 call and in the back it's like like muffled like screams and then someone just slamming them i swear to god that's that what is it was. exactly what it was and so then we're like debating calling the cops at this point and then i go outside right because i'm stupid and so i go outside and i like climb the deck to this because we're on the first floor right and there's like two floors above us i climb the floor to the second deck and the second deck they have the windows like with cardboard in them so you can't see inside the house or the apartment okay red flag red flag like a huge red flag and while i'm standing there there is literal even louder screams coming from this apartment and i was like okay like i think it's time to call the cops like this is sketch oh yeah like this is really sketch so and and i so i go outside too because why not because why not at this point and i'm just standing like out in the snow and i can still hear it like like the banging screaming i kept being like i was i am so mad right now because we got they are literally lying I was so scared that I kept being like, okay, go, go, go. Like, it was like a secret mission. It's like if you find, We like, literally, it was like we were on a secret mission. It's like if you find a murderer in your house and you're, like, trying to, like, follow him so you know where he's going and then he sees you and you, like, it was literally, like, I was, like, That's dr- exactly what it was. so scared. So, anyways, we're like, okay, time to call the cops. Obviously, she calls. I call the cops. They come. About, like, yeah. five minutes later. Like, five minutes later. Like, one cop car pulls up. Two of them show up they're chilling right eventually you know there's like three or four cop cars here and there's a bunch of police officers which like if you guys really thought nothing was going on i'm sorry like why Why are there so many of you here the squad like there was so many cops here oh maybe they're like connected yeah because there were so many cops here Mm -hmm. and then they like went and checked on one of the apartments (laughs) they didn't get any info they went and checked on another apartment they didn't get any info and then they checked on the last apartment and they start like talking to them and you can me and Shelby like are like listening at the door right and you can hear them like laughing and like giggling and like talking like I can I can understand like some Spanish and I can understand like simple phrases it was like oh no no everything's fine like we're good whatever and I'm like oh no and then the cops are like oh oh, oh." so I'm like oh shit like they're buying it so easily they're buying it so easily so now one of them was like because they probably have to it was yeah. like, oh, can we see, like, can we just go through, like, Your can house. we just look like, through the apartment? Through? And they were like, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, fuck. So now I, we also feel stupid. Yeah. We feel so dumb at this point. Oh, it gets worse. Like, we're about to feel real dumb. Yeah. It so, gets, it's bad. <laughs> okay. So anyways, we 
now are sitting here like twiddling our thumbs like oh fuck like what's happening and then they come back down and they knock on the door and and we're like oh god like i don't even want to answer because we knew that they were just going to be like you guys are stupid so i just like but i was like okay well they're the cops like i think i have to yeah so i (laughs) so i answered and literally i will let you take it from here so shelby answers the door she opens the door and i'm standing next to shelby and i kid you not these cops have these what are they what are they they're like (sighs) they're like the uh, it's like a pellegrino but like like the mexican the mexican ones in a can yeah yeah yeah. it's like the mexican drinks in a can and i kid you not these cops have them opened in their hands and are sipping on them and they look at us (laughs) dead in our eyes and said oh everything's fine they're really cool they gave us drinks yeah they were like he's so nice he gave us juice Uh he gave us juice he gave us juice like might get that tattooed on me he gave us juice juice. like that is honestly a metaphor for just like totally ignoring everything wrong in your life literally he gave us juice (laughs) new saying that's like me talking about eating disorder and i'm like but but he gave me juice Starved me for years, but like he gave me juice. There was that one time. There was that one time. That one time. <laughs> that one time. He gave me juice. Yeah. Oh so what the fuck? So then we're like, oh, huh. like actually, I think I just like I was like pissed. I was like, are you fucking kidding? So I don't. I don't even think I like did. I just like stone face. And then no, they you were like, literally were like because I was so mad. Yeah. I wanted to be like, are you okay? Like, oh, and what was their reasoning? They said that the kid was playing. They have four kids up there, and they were playing video on games. a Nintendo and video games. And they said, "Oh yeah, like you know, kids like running around, being like, like screaming, like I'm like, <laughs> don't kill me, help screaming. me, like yeah, like you know." I swear to God, he said that. He, he did. Did you? I swear. Yeah, and I, was I was like, oh no, yeah, like that's not like I know. <laughs> so now we're sitting here. It's like nine a.m. We fall asleep, like, hoping we don't die. Wake up, alive, not murdered. I hear a knock on the door, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then it's knocking again, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. I look out the peephole, which we have. <laughs> we do. And we do I see this lady, and I'm like, I already know. I already know. It's the neighbor. Here we go. Answer the door. She's, what? I don't even know what to say. She's, like, half, I, what I got out of that conversation was, like, half threats, half confusion i can hear her walking upstairs half, half threats half confusion half questionable behavior yeah. okay so basically she was just like yeah I, we we heard that you called the cops like well no she said i so yeah like all of a sudden four cops were knocking on my door like and i'm like oh weird and then she was like yeah like i know you were the one that called which by the way thank you cops no, not only are you going to let the murderers get away? You are going to tell them who snitched on who them. Who snitched? Who the snitches are? Are you kidding? Like, what? Because <laughs> there are multiple people in this apartment complex, and he really did us dirty. <laughs> like, that is like... He really threw us under the fucking bus. He said, bye. That's like some criminal shit. Don't let all four tires he- run you over. Like... <laughs> what which one is your car again uh, i need to i literally can't pop the tires no literally so now she's screaming at me and basically not like screaming at me but like very passive aggressive and just like yeah like the kids up there are very big and tall and they 
I swear to God, I'm not making this up. She literally no. f- took out her bicep and flexed her muscle at me. Yeah, she was like, they're really big and tall. She was like, <laughs> and, I- <laughs> and I was like, oh, sh- what? I'm like, yeah, I just, and now I'm still pissed. Like, I'm so pissed at this whole situation. So I'm like, well, just so you know, it was like really bad screams. Like, someone was getting stabbed and like thrown into the, like, I was like, it was really bad. Like, we don't just call the cops because we hear children playing. Especially in an area we're not from. <laughs> like, I know I'm from like, the, but I'm not from here. Also, I'm like, I'm from LA. I also live in, I mean, I don't live in the city, but like, you know, I've had, I've had my moments. I feel like when people are being loud, I live in a complex. Like, I'm just like, oh, that's annoying. Like, I'm not like the old granny who's like, there's a party over there. Like, literally. I was like, I'm not just like a cop caller. I genuinely thought someone was being murdered. Like, wholeheartedly believed that someone was being murdered. Yeah. And like, I don't call the cops because (laughs) trauma. So like, hello. (laughs) That's how you know it was serious. So, anyways, we're idiots, and the kids are big and strong and playing. So I'm like, whatever, like get the fuck. She's like, and every time I was like, no, it actually was really bad. She would just be like, she'd kind of look at me and not know what to say. So I'm like, okay, great. So finally, she leaves, and she's like, if you guys, if something else happens again, you tell me. Like you come to me, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. We don't even know what apartment is yours, but I got you, girl. I'll go knocking on the doors for like, you. I don't even know your you name. You want to tell me that's not I suspicious? I think it was Maria, but I'm not 100% sure. You want... Uh, something. I don't remember. You, you want to tell me that's not suspicious? Like, Literally. threats. I was threatened. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm being so dramatic, but, like, also, like, kind of not. And so then, that's it, basically. Well, no, and then she asked where we were from. And oh. I, oh. I said Indiana, and Shelby was like, "Oh, I'm from LA," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm from Indiana." And then she was like, "Yeah, my son's girlfriend just took their baby to Indiana and ran away with her, <laughs> and she's schizophrenic." And I was like, "And then that was it." And she literally just walked and she away. Walked away. <laughs> and she just walked away, and that was literally the end of the conversation. And I was literally looked at Shelby, and I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" She literally was like. <laughs> She was like, she's, you know, schizophrenic. And then, like, picked up the bucket. Because I don't know what was up with the bucket. I don't know what was up with the bucket. She had a bucket. But then she There was a bucket and no mop. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was just a bucket. And she just picked it up and trotted up the stairs. That was it. She was like, she's schizophrenic. And I was like, oh. Oh. Like, I don't know same, how that was relevant. But, like... <laughs> like I don't know, like, how that was relevant to the conversation at all. But, like, when I tell you, it was all over the place. So, I think that's, like, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. We really can't beat that. No. You can't beat that. We can't. Every time I think it can't get worse, it does. Like, I swear yeah. to God. It's, like, I don't know what's next. It Next is, like, a home invasion. <laughs> it's, I think I have to so be. Bad. I think you'd have to be done. I think I, I, think I have to be done. Yeah, you'd like, have I, to be done. <laughs> yeah. Like, well... Here we are. It's a good distraction. It is a great distraction. So yeah, that just really set the tone. But in a more serious matter, I feel like, all right, let's talk about some things that were like, I don't know, maybe not life-threatening during this situation. Like, there's a lot. Like, I kind of pushed you to the limits. Like, to the limits. You I really said we're going to boot camp and we went to boot you camp. You pushed me past my limits. 
um we so how surpassed those how what are the all the thoughts i mean first thought obviously i survived <laughs> right like i'm okay didn't get murdered i didn't get murdered right like i'm okay i don't think i could have done these things on my own like there's no way i could have done the things i've done over the last week on my own okay now what <laughs> now what that's a great question i mean like obviously as the week has gone on like you've tried to like show me i have wings and like i can fly on my own or whatever and you know we've made progress i feel like in that area we're flying yeah i feel like i feel confident in my ability to continue to maintain this to an extent right i feel like we did we did a lot of like challenges challenges and like fear foods and stuff over the last week but i feel like i can maintain and continue to do what i've been doing hmm. i feel like it's just gonna take a lot of like utilizing the support i have yeah you're gonna need the support the sup the sup i'm gonna need the sup and i think <laughs> i'm gonna have to actually like use it like even Please. though it's hard to like reach out like i think i have to do it anyways no matter what like i have to if i'm if i'm struggling like i need to be able to reach out to you yeah need to be able to reach out to like brie or libby or honestly i think that's like all i would reach out to like my main supports supports yeah so well you said something yesterday that's like really really interesting that i want to talk about and it was that you were like (laughs) wait it's so much harder to like die from your eating disorder than the amount of hard that it is to like try to not die Yeah, I said something along those lines of just, like, you have to choose your heart, right? Like, you can try to convince... I literally have this shit tattooed on me. (laughs) Okay, that, like, you can convince yourself that your eating disorder is easy, but, like, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. It's so hard. And, like, although, like, recovery and, like, this and the challenges is also hard, like, it's still nowhere near as hard as your eating disorder yeah and it's so sad because you like i think we all say like oh it's my comfort zone it's easy which like mm, it's not really your comfort zone you're just kind of scared to like get out of it because you don't know what else like there is and what it would be like but who likes to like feel that terrible all the time no literally it's not really like like looking back like those two words are literally in this tattoo like just because something is comfortable or easy because that is how that is exactly the words that i would use to explain my eating disorder when someone asked me why i wouldn't recover or why i didn't want to did you think it was or did like i think my eating disorder convinced me that it was easier Hmm. because once i even took the smallest step into recovery like i realized how much harder my eating disorder was to maintain yeah yeah and that's why people but that's scary that's why people are scared it's terrifying but like you have like you have to i don't know i mean it's just it just like i don't know it just happens when people yeah and i think i like really hit that realization yesterday when i looked at you and i was like i felt my eating disorder take its last breath tonight oh yeah we did have a little meltdown but it was a good meltdown it was a good meltdown well you were like i'm fine and i was like girl get out of your room and then you're like, fine. And you're like, go to the bathroom. I'm like, girl, what's going on? And I stomped into the living room. <laughs> and then you stomped, stomped into in the living room. And lay on the couch on your face. And I'm like, oh, she's like, I don't, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything yet. 
waiting. <laughs> and then I start sobbing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. And then we were talking about it and I was just like, yeah. Like, it's like, I can't even, I shouldn't even sit here and say like, oh yeah, like, oh my God, like, no, it's so, I'm so proud of you. Like, it's really hard like that, but like, you don't need it. Like it was ruining your life. It's so terrible. Like, I know, like, it's more just like, yeah, like, damn, like that is hard. <laughs> like, like it's, it's like, it's like, and I we think were that's saying, something like, I love about you because you're not like, it's not all the time. You're like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is such a hard thing to do. Like yesterday, you just were like, yeah, like that fucking sucks. <laughs> like this is fucking hard. No, it and does. Knowing that your eating disorder just took its last breath is like, that's fucking hard. Yeah. That's why you're so scared of like, you're so scared. It's like, I said, oh, I think this is good. It was, we were saying, um, it's like if you had like a loved one that was dying and you knew was going to die, but then like when they actually did, you, it was like, oh shit, like what's happening? You know, cause you were like prepared for it and you knew it was happening and you knew you were going to be upset. But then when it actually happens, you can't like comprehend that it's like happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same thing. Cause like I knew obviously like months before this walking into this like I had changed my mindset I knew that I wanted full recovery like I knew I had goals and dreams that I wanted to pursue like and then when I had finally committed to the live-in as like my last like hoorah you know my last (laughs) you know we're gonna really really full send part of me knew like that was it right like I knew like that was it like that was the end of my eating disorder even though I was no longer per se engaging in behaviors like I did know that this would be the end this would basically be like the funeral the final goodbye but then like that moment hit me and my brain panicked for a second of course and was like holy fucking shit like this is really happening yeah it's like it's gone and you're like I put x amount of years of work into that and like I spent so like it was my number one priority in life like I don't know like if you were in like a really controlling relationship or something and like you only lived with that person Stockholm syndrome literally Stockholm syndrome it's just too scary to get out of but I don't know it's like I put all that work and time and work being like obviously not the probably the right word but you know what I mean like energy 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 and time and time just paused and it was like that whole thing that's all you can remember and then all of a sudden it's just like okay but i'm done so anyways (laughs) so anyways skeet (laughs) skeet okay okay so here's another the other topic that i like really wanted to bring up today because i feel like it's definitely something that needs to be talked about more and that is (laughs) recovering or even just an eating disorder in different types of bodies and how fucked it is (laughs) fucked is a good word like i don't know like we were talking about this and it's obviously everybody has a different body type and so therefore everyone's eating disorder body looks different and you know there's like the ideal of what sick looks like and it's it's hard because based like i don't know most people can't even get there ever yeah because of their body type and so like especially when you're in a larger body i don't know people just kind of I don't know, like, they don't take it seriously? Like, I don't, I don't, what they do don't, you think? They don't, okay, so I guess, like, coming from someone that's been on, like, every spectrum of it, um, my eating disorder was diagnosed when I was 12. I'm 22 now, gonna be 23. You know, I've been on 
every spectrum. And this last point of my relapse and recovery and weight restoration, I have recovered into a bigger body. Um, I am now living life in a bigger body and I have been for a little while now. And you are not only treated differently by like everyday people and like people in life and like even like family and friends, but you are also treated so much differently by treatment professionals and treatment centers and medical professionals. Like it's kind of insane. And I've even had like my diagnoses questioned multiple times. Um, so messed up like a diagnosis of anorexia in someone who is now in a recovered bigger body i had a treatment center try to fight that diagnosis and turn it into bulimia even though i nowhere near met the criteria for bulimia why though why why because of my weight because i was no longer in a what they would consider a sick body even though my labs weren't great or whatever like my weight my weight was like that factor my weight was like they saw that immediately and were like oh okay you're fine oh i I mean if i can imagine it making you want to be like okay well then i have to be the most extreme that i possibly can to like show you bitches that i'm not kidding yeah no that's literally what it was in like so in my mind like i was like okay like so i have to get x amount sicker and I need to get to this, like, X amount of weight for someone to, like, look at me differently. Not realizing that, like, your eating disorder will kill you at any weight. So, logistically, logically, I wouldn't have even made it to that weight. Right. Like, I would have been dead. hmm And, like, medical professionals don't look at it that way. Do they not get it? Do they no. think everybody's the same? Apparently. <laughs> no, seriously. Apparently. Like, apparently that, that that's what they think. And it's it's very hard and then like going through recovery in a bigger body because like when you have to go clothes shopping like for me personally i get very very embarrassed obviously all clothes fit differently on everyone especially depending on like the store that you're shopping at the brand from that store like sizes are fucked and so when I walk into a store and I'm going shopping, sometimes I have to shop in the plus size section. Sometimes I can shop in the regular section. And for me, like, what is regular? Like, yes, what do we call that's that? That's what I'm saying. And that shouldn't even exist. I shouldn't have the regular to, people yes, over here. I shouldn't have to shop in a plus size section. Why is that not just with the regular clothes? Why is it not all just mixed together? So, like, I even went shopping with Shelby, um, probably on like her second day here and i literally was so embarrassed even with shelby to go walk over into the plus size section when she was standing with me oh did we you didn't <laughs> i walked over there by Interesting. myself wait, wait because that's embarrassing huh. it shouldn't be that's so sad like it shouldn't be no i know but it is it's like how, why would you segregate that that's like segregating no, exactly. it's like you're a bigger size you're in a bigger body so you cannot shop these clothes and it's not even like they're the same clothes like oh this section has the same exact clothes as this section no bitch they are completely fucking different and nine times out of ten they're fucking ugly as hell yeah why is that they're ugly as hell and so like i'm like okay great so i guess why is that like they just can't make material like they add can, more though. material to the clothes that they make literally no so i don't like, and, like genuinely even don't if get the it. clothes are going to be different like there's no reason that it is not with the rest of the clothes in the store because it's very inv- it's very frustrating it's very 
It shouldn't be embarrassing, but it is. It's embarrassing walking into the plus size section. Society has made it that way. Society has made that to be like a shameful thing. And like, I, it's very frustrating. And then like also in like casual conversations, like not not even casual conversation, but conversations, like I'm very open about my, my recovery journey and like having had an eating disorder and I know like some people look at me and they they have asked me like how can you have an eating disorder when you look the way that you do and it's so frustrating because it's like okay first of all I didn't always look like this and second of all like an eating disorder is a mental disorder not a physical disorder yeah and we were talking about this and like this is coming from somebody in a smaller body I think no matter what you look like or how small you are to begin with or your genetics or whatever you always are gonna think like oh i'm whatever like you're gonna see yourself in the wrong way you're gonna see yourself in a way of you being larger than you probably are you're not like necessarily looking for attention if you're in a smaller body being like oh my god i'm so quote unquote fat (laughs) like you probably like you believe that but that is that is true and so i think this is again I'm really just putting it all out there but as a person in a smaller body before I like knew and like had clients and kind of understood and like followed people on the internet and like tried to understand a little bit more I think I was like well it's not fair that like just because I'm in a smaller body doesn't mean that I liked my body like you know what I mean like just because I'm in a smaller body doesn't mean that like I didn't have body image issues or like I want didn't want to be smaller so that's like weird because that's like one side of it that's like no one's saying that to you like relax and I think the issue though is that like yes that's all true and yes that's all valid however there isn't the added piece of society also saying shit to you and it's not just you saying it to you it's your it's society yeah and like again it's I like this this comes from someone who in the very beginning of my journey you know 12 years old 13 14 even 15 years old like I was in a much smaller body which i even hate these terms because like these are such societal terms like but yeah like how do we talk about animals we like, just say like big animals like a we like, just be like he's bigger it, than her yeah like so like it's, it's like coming from someone thing. that was in a small tiny body for a lot of years in my eating disorder and then you know going through an amount of time in recovery and then relapsing and getting pregnant and having a baby and then relapsing and restoring and like I am in a bigger body now and I have seen it from both ends of the spectrum and like yes like you do get that those comments when you're in a smaller body of like how could you hate your body when like you already look so beautiful but like it's like a whole nother level when Mm -hmm. you're in a bigger body because you have society like no matter what like tearing you down because you're in a bigger body I even had one girl tell me, like, well, I would want an eating disorder if I was in a bigger body, too. <gasps> uh-uh. When? Who? Um, I was in the city. I was downtown. I want to say low-key. I had just gotten out of residential. Great. Um, and was on my way to inpatient. And I was, like, with a friend who was also in, who was in PHP at that program. And, like, we were walking throughout the city and us as three people sitting down we were talking about like recovery and eating disorders and different levels of care and like this lady just like chimed in and she was like and at this point like i was in a bigger body and she said well if i was in that big of a body i would want an eating disorder too and like 
the You're look literally of horror, kidding. the look of horror on my mine and my friends' faces, and like was just insane. And the fact that like people think that this like just based on your reaction, I think this the never fact happens. That people think that this doesn't happen. Yeah, I no, I don't. I mean, I mean, that's that's not. Hold on, <laughs> it's not that I don't think it does. Like I know it happens, but I think. I'm just like no, like people don't. People do, can't do that. Like people, like, people don't. aren't capable. Yeah, of that. like that's the not, it's not like the norm. Like oh yeah, you get once in a while like a serial killer who like says something, but like that's not like nor- like people don't do that. Yeah, I wish I could bring up my notes right now. My notes from the medical hospital because I have like the literal notes from the doctor in my portal stating we don't think patient should have anorexia diagnosis due to weight restored weight they no longer think that i should even have the diagnosis even though i have all of the behaviors to fit the criteria which is the issue because like i said then you're like okay well you guys like i'm not eating fucking shit like like okay i'll literally just because what do i have to do to prove it yeah and it's like it's never it's never enough and it low-key like recovering into a bigger body Loki makes recovery a little bit harder. Yes. Like, and I know this is like so, probably will get us canceled for this, but it's really fine. I'm already canceled. But like, it's just not, it's just, it's harder. It just, it is. It is so much harder because you have society screaming at you that being in a bigger body is not okay. Being in a bigger body needs fixing. Like, you're doing something wrong. You're eating unhealthy. You're not working out enough. Like, it's just, like, this whole thing, and it's coming at you from all angles, all while you're trying to literally just survive. You're trying to just live your life, and you can't. I mean, I'm so stuck on this. (laughs) Like, how often do people say shit like that? Not on, let's like TikTok and all that shit aside, because like okay, yes, that's let's take like social media side. Social media, like you're all pussies, like whatever. We don't even care. Like depends the people in on, person depends on how often I'm going to the doctor, but at least twice a week. Is it usually professionals? Y- yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes it'll be like a parent's friend, like a, like a kid's like parent's friend. Or that will say something to you themselves. They'll say something to me because a lot of times I am talking to the to the patient and I am relating to them from my own story, mm. depending on the case. Sometimes that's not helpful. Sometimes it is. But there has been patients that I have like not obviously gone into detail about my story, but like been like, yeah, like, hey, like I've been where you're at and like it's really hard. And like the parent would be like, well, my daughter doesn't need to look like that to recover. Hmm. Girl, what? People have really said that to you? Yes. What like, do you do? Are, what do you mean? What, like, what do you say? I just, like, this was specifically with one girl. Her mom is fucking off the charts insane. Yeah. Um, And, like, her biggest thing that she says to her daughter was, I think she said it to me because she wanted to get under my skin because I was arguing with her because she was telling her daughter that... Um, she could go to treatment, but she wasn't going to let them weight restore her too, too much. Mm, That's common. That's common. Right. So then she was, I was like, no, like you have to weight restore to like any body weight. Like, you know, when I was going through weight restoration, like I just let my body go where it needed to go. And she was like, well, I'm not going to let my daughter recover and look and like recover into a body that looks like yours. 
This was like when I first started working there. So this was like a couple months ago. But it's also like... Do you cry? Like I would cry. And no. And see, that's the thing because that is so normal for me. Do you know how many doctors I go to and I see and they're like, have you ever thought about like going on a diet or like exercising? And I'm like, oh my God, that's so weird. Because I just like eat when I'm hungry and like move my body for joyfulness like i don't know what the issue is here but like that's so normalized that like no not anymore like the first time i heard those comments fresh into recovery holy shit spiral i was taking a train straight to the deepest depths of my own hell oh but now it's like okay cool cool like brush it off my shoulder like that's so it's not a big deal so anymore. Hard. And can you imagine? Because so I don't want to say it's not a big deal because it definitely still gets to me at points when I'm in a low headspace or just like chilling and like really thinking about it. And I'm like, damn, like I'm like being preached at by all my team members that like I need to learn to love myself and like accept myself. But like these are the comments I get at least twice a week from medical professionals or strangers. So it's like, and it happens a lot more than people think. Okay, and I mean, I can't even like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess. I. So one of my favorite, I can say this because I literally think I say her name in every episode and she literally thinks I'm a stalker, but I can say this because she says it. But one of my favorite like eating disorder people, professionals and doctors ever is Dr. Peebles from CHOP, who no longer is at CHOP, everyone, for all you choppies. She is now the head of medical something at Montanito. Anyway, see, I'm a stalker. <laughs> okay anyways she's a much bigger lady right she's in a very much bigger body and she knows that obviously and she doesn't give a fuck and she was the basically the head of um the eating disorder adolescent unit in chop so imagine she's your doctor and you're a 13 year old like anorexic the shit that is said to her is insane and that's like that is fucking badass self-confidence right there to have Mm -hmm. that happen to you almost every day and still be like all right well i hope you get better (laughs) like do you know how many times that happens at work with the kids no i mean that's the adolescents first of all adolescent girls y'all be mean okay y'all need to learn to be nicer oh they're so mean y'all are low-key mean sometimes um but the adolescents that i sit with obviously i work in a children's hospital and I work a lot with eating disorder patients. They are mean because those exact words have been said. Like what the mom said, adolescent girls have said those exact same things. I don't want to recover and look like her. Yeah. Like, and not even to me. Like, I mean, they've said it to me plenty of times, but like also like a nurse that is, first of all, a nurse that is literally in a smaller body, but like that person's eating disorder might deem that like as well so i was gonna say because like not to make not to like compare this in any way but people have said that to me too yes so like if they said that to me then like yeah i guess and that's what i'm saying like they've said it to nurses that are literally like in a smaller yeah so i guess it's not that like insane that it would but it's just like so sad yeah and it's so hard it's just so hard because like i mean you know that's how i got on my people's tangent is like how are how do you become a professional in this industry like that's like insane self-esteem and like like power because you are literally fighting against it every single day yeah how is this okay like how seriously 
it's not but it's like what society has like drilled into into our heads i guess and it's just like i don't know it's insane it's also just like not okay because i don't know it just so how do you okay so being in a going through recovery in, in a bigger body how do you get yourself to be like okay fine like i surrender i'll i'll i will stop fighting this and i will recover like no matter what anybody says and no matter how much anyone believes me or doesn't believe me i think a big thing for me um that i've learned is my body is gonna settle where it's going to settle i have no fucking idea what that would have looked like if i didn't starve myself for years on end so like realistically this is what i could have like this is probably what i meant was meant to look like yeah five years ago but like i never gave it the chance because i literally starved myself every single day of my life Mm. yeah because like especially when you're an adolescent and like growing into like an adult body you don't really know (laughs) yeah no like when i should have been allowing myself to grow during that time i wasn't i was a 16 year old in a 12 year old's body like and then time went on and i recovered and my body like changed a lot and obviously that was really hard but like i think a big thing for me is just realizing like i truly don't know where because i feel like a lot of comparison happens in my head is like oh like i can go back to that weight that i was when i was 18 but like realistically my body would have went where it was supposed to go and that very well could be where i am now yeah and like truly if i am eating and I am honoring my hunger cues and I am nourishing my body. I don't, I don't need to, like, my weight is going to go where my weight is going to go. And, like, that's just that. Yeah. And I have to Which get over that. crazy. Like, that's such a big difference because a, <laughs> a couple months ago, I stole scale out of your car. <laughs> a couple months ago, Shelby literally had to steal a scale <laughs> out of my car and put it, it's in another state. It's in another state. Well, okay. So I, if you if you listen to the podcast, it's when I did the one with Lucia in St. Louis. Um, Avery had actually picked me up and put, and had brought me uh, to her house, and I took the scale from the back of her trunk and was like, absolutely not. And then walked up to the door and I told her dad, who answered, what he was like, um, like, what's up? What's up? What the fuck? And is I that? was like, oh, I just took her scale. And he was like, oh, let me just go put it with, like, all the rest of them. And he put, he put it where whatever, like, Lucia's old scale stash was. Because she doesn't, I mean, she's, like, recovered. So she doesn't even, like, know or use them anymore. So she probably doesn't even know. But he just well, put Maybe it. if she listens to this, she will know. He just put it hers in the Yeah, my closet. scale is somewhere in your house. So <laughs> so anyways, what I'm saying, this is a big deal. This is it's a big deal. It's not like you just, like, always felt like this. This is a thing, too. Ooh, this is a thing about recovery. And when I, like, see people and I can tell what they think when, like, they listen to stuff like this, they're, like, oh, cringy. Like, that's not real. Like, that's, like, not, like, that's not going to happen. Like, that's not, like, you don't just magically one day be, like, yeah. Like, that was me. That was was telling (laughs) Shelby this. Like, we're not even talking like I was telling Shelby this two years ago. Girls, listen, I was just (laughs) telling Shelby these things in, like, September. I was, like, telling Shelby basically to fuck off. Yeah. 
even though you know i'm literally paying her to kick my ass i was like literally fuck off leave me alone i can't recover like i fuck this like i'm not doing it and then like you just start doing it and like it's insane it's what everyone says you guys if everyone didn't say the same fucking shit then i could be like okay don't believe us but like i there's nothing else i can say you can make a vision board a road map whatever that's called a life map <laughs> but like it and truly like, that's not what's gonna get what's gonna get you to get better is you being like okay like i'm i'm actually done like yeah i'm serious i'm sick of being sick yeah and like I think another thing that, like, really, like, helped me was, like, realizing, okay, so, like, I literally did basically make out a vision board one day, and I put my eating disorder on one side of the track, and I put, like, me and my healthy self on one side of the track, and literally, no matter what, my eating disorder ends in death. Oh. Right? Like, ultimately, that's, that's it. Oh, you're right, because uh, what else do you do? What else are you gonna, like, sure, maybe you'll accomplish a couple things along the way. But ultimately, like, you're gonna die. And it's gonna happen a lot faster than you think it's going to. And I was like, okay, like, that's that's that. Like, I'm going to die if I continue down this road. And then I, like, really thought about it and I was like, okay, just for a second, let's think if we went all in. We went all in to recovery. <laughs> and then Shelby was, like, proposing these, like, opportunities for me. And I was, like, proposing these opportunities for myself and, like thinking about my life and like what I could have and truthfully none of those things could have been possible like I couldn't be doing those things my biggest goal right now and has been for a while is to become a coach how am I supposed to do that if I'm in my own eating disorder yeah, no, I'm you, not doing you that. can't no I'll like, out you, you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll out you no but like you can't and so, like, I don't know, a flip switch. Did I say that? That's right? what it is. A flip switch. No, a, a switch flips. Flip switch. <laughs> That's what it is. Flip switch. A switch does flip, but it doesn't flip until it flips. And so I think, ooh, maybe instead of trying to be like, okay, make your switch flip, make your switch flip. Like, come on, flip. Flip switch, switch flip, switch. Switch, flip, flip, you know what switch. I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Instead of like maybe doing that, maybe we should all just be like, okay, I need to like keep myself okay. Like I have to be safe and I have to keep myself okay because I will have a flip, a switch flip. Like, because I think you It'll will. Happen. But you have to say, like, once you get into like the depths of like danger, yeah. it, it's not going to happen there. Like, it has to happen at least where you're like okay enough. Like, yeah. you have to be, like, relatively stable. Yeah. And for me, like, truly, it it got to the point that, like, we were taking it, like, hour by hour. Like, I was like, I just have to get through the next hour. Like, I literally just have to get through the next hour. And then I got to a point that I was like, okay, I started setting a 24-hour rule for myself. Where I couldn't engage in any behaviors for 24 hours, no matter how shitty I felt. And like, and then if in 24 hours, if you wanted to, you could. Yeah. And then after that 24 hours is up, if that urge is seriously so high and you've seriously considered all options, then like, you know, I would engage. Just to know that it's there. Totally honest. Not one time have I ever used that 24 hour rule. Have I then engaged in a behavior after that 24 hour mark is up? Not one time. Because feelings pass. Feelings and urges pass. And feelings pass. And, like, it's 
first of all, let me let me preface this. It is not a nice feeling. Like it's going to literally suck. You're probably going to hate your life. Let's be totally honest. It's the worst. Especially the first couple of times you do it. Like you're really going to hate your life. You're going to be like, this is fucking awful. Everything would just be solved if I just engaged in this behavior. But like, it won't be. Like it might solve the problem for like 20 seconds. And then you're just psycho about solving the next problem. Yeah. <laughs> like you're always like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we got on this topic. We got we got here because we were talking about the weight and like the number and how everyone's a fucking psycho and how you were weighing yourself and then you stopped and then blah, blah, blah. And now I put your scale in Lucia's. <laughs> my scale is in Lucia's house. So Lucia, if you hear this, my scale is in your house somewhere. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry actually, about that. It's actually pretty hilarious. It is low-key hilarious. Um, Especially because, <laughs> preface again, I don't live in St. Louis, guys. No. I live four hours from St. Louis. They've never met or talked. I don't yeah. even think they have I don't followed even, each other. Yeah, I don't even think... I think I might follow her now. I mean, I probably will after this episode. Hey, girl. I'll be like, hey, girl, by the way. <laughs> but, no, like, I had literally driven four hours to see Shelby for, like, three hours. As one does. As one does. <laughs> Um, and forgot that my scale was in my trunk because I was so fucking obsessed with weighing myself that I could not go four hours away from home. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to get out of the gas station and whip it out? Yeah. And Shelby was like, you're fucking insane. Like, I'm literally taking this. (laughs) And I did. And she did. And I have Oh, you spiraled. You didn't talk to me for two days. I literally did not talk to Shelby for two days Uh afterwards. Nope. Um, finally, finally texted her. No, it's just like, so you're really messed up about the scale, huh? <laughs> you, I think you, I think you actually said that. I think you actually texted me and you were like, still mad about the scale, huh? <laughs> and I literally responded and I was like, literally fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I am still mad about the scale. But then like I got over it and like, I truly don't even know my weight right now. And I don't really care to know my weight. Big girl move over here. I went to the psychiatrist with Shelby. I, I made Shelby go with me and Shelby actually like went inside and they were like, would you like to do your weight? immediately <laughs> said no she's like no has it no hesitation i was like no so in a place like that okay so here's here's something when we go back to like before we went on 20 tangents like the being unprofessional in a, in a i don't even want to say plus size in a bigger size body what about being a client in a larger body and having like your team be in smaller bodies Oh, you, yeah, yeah. Because you kind of have that. Um, I except your that. psychiatrist. So, yes. Which except is great. my psychiatrist. So, I do happen to have a whole team who are all in smaller bodies. And I did get a little mouthy with one of my treatment team members who said a specific number like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, Avery. And I looked at her and I said, it's not that big of a deal to you because you are already in a smaller body. She truly had nothing to say to me. She had no comeback (laughs) to say. She literally just stared at me, which valid. Um, I would have just been like, yeah. Like, true. I mean, I get like, Like, I didn't expect her to say anything because like, I know I'm right. Yeah. What is she going to say? No. Yeah. Like, I know I'm right. And like, that's okay. But like, I know I'm right. And so it is a little bit hard when you do have... Like, your t- entire treatment team is preaching at you, like, recovery is great, and, you know, gaining weight is necessary, and, like, uh, all these things are that's great. Hard. And I'm like, okay, that's so easy for you to say because you are already in a smaller body, coming from someone that is already in a bigger body that you want to reach their 
you know, I don't know what set point weight, like, and that involves gaining weight. Like that is so much harder for my brain to comprehend. So eventually, like I had the conversation with my team of like, I don't want to be having conversations around weight. Like if for some reason I, no, that's not even going to happen. That's not even going to happen. <laughs> right. That's not even, that's not even going to happen. So I just don't want my weight talked about. Like as long as I am eating, as long as I am nourishing my body and I am truly just like honoring my body and giving it what it needs like I don't want weight to be brought up as a conversation topic in any of my sessions so and like everyone has been pretty respectful of that but it is really really hard having nobody in your life that looks like you in recovery thankfully I do now I do have a few friends um that are in recovery that do look like me have would the you, body type. Would you say that they struggle with the same things? They do struggle with the same exact things. Okay. Um, they do struggle with the same things. I think, like, having people to talk to about these things is great. Adara is probably one of my favorite people to chat with about this. Her therapist. One um, of them. <laughs> <laughs> having someone that really, like, can relate to you being in a bigger body i think has been helpful in my journey i think it would have been a lot harder for me to be where i am but also like i think team wise like having shelby because shelby is so like pop off queen like talk all about it and like she's so supportive about it and she's like yeah like she's like i'm not gonna pretend to know what that feels like because like some people will some people will try to like pretend that they know what that feels like and she's like no like i empathize with you but like no i don't know what that feels like and like that's gotta really fucking suck but that's what i'm saying so like from the beginning i think i didn't know it wasn't always like that because i think i have learned through like talking to people and having clients and like understanding because i I think i used to was it's like quick like little people (laughs) are quick to be like I feel that way about myself or like that's how I see myself or like I have body dysmorphia so I do think I'm big I do think I'm in a bigger body yes like oh yeah okay like that like like, true but feeling that feeling that and and again also coming from someone who's been on both sides like feeling that it's different because you have everyone that because you have everyone else around you like reaffirming what you already think and like what's your worst nightmare like and so like when you're in smaller body yes like your body is more like you think you're in a huge body you think that you're huge you think like you're disgusting like all of these things but like when you are in recovery and you are in a bigger body like you're living that like you actually are in a bigger body and like nobody can be like no sweetie like you're actually really small like no because i'm in a bigger body and like that's <laughs> well, it does anyone like, ever try that. to do that i've wondered is anyone like no you like you're not big like, does anyone ever do that? Like, any professionals or anything? I don't know. I think Brie has been like, Avery, be quiet. Like, you're not. I think I, like, called myself fat in session one time. And she was like, don't do that. She was like, you're not fat. But, like, I don't think I've ever had, like... I mean, like, my friends have been like, you're not... Like, you're not big. You're not fat. Like, stop. But, like professional-wise, like, I don't think I've ever, like, I know damn well I've sat in front of professionals and been like, I'm fucking fat, I'm fucking disgusting, and I don't think any of them have ever been like, no, sweetie, like, you're not, like, you're, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, I hope someone was like, you're not disgusting, because my thing is, like, (laughs) because my thing is, like, it's weirder if people are like, no, 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 like, 
you're not in a bigger body like you're crazy because then it's like you're questioning reality you're like wait what's real what's going on and then you just assume that everyone thinks it's such a bad thing that they can't even tell you yeah you know what i mean like that's even worse Mm -hmm. that's why like i know there's a lot of um groups out there especially on like instagram and stuff with the recovery community and especially in the larger body community um of like reclaiming the word fat of like yeah i'm fat like fat is a description like you're skinny i'm fat like what's up instead of making it like this huge issue because that also was a thing it's like okay nobody say anything like we were we were talking this came up the other night because this is not something that just like people talk about like no literally but it's like the it's it's like the unspoken thing that just like nobody talks about like oh cool shelby that you just told me that like gaining weight is fine and you can live a happy life in your recovered body because like your recovered body is my sick body so like have fun but like don't say it and then we just don't ever talk about it and then we just pretend it's not a thing and then it's like what the fuck is that and then i feel like you can't really heal yeah (laughs) so i think to everyone everyone out there no honestly like i i'm not even saying this in a way of i don't know how i'm saying this i just mean it genuinely like i think that the work that you've done and also will do is honestly probably like a hundred times harder than what I had to do because of that added factor so like you're fucking crushing it (laughs) literally and I don't I just it's just so not talked about like and I don't want to like ever be like oh recovering into a smaller body is easier like I don't really want that message to come across like a certain way no it's still hard like it's still it's still it's super still really really hard like it still fucking sucks yeah like, i'm not in, like invalidating myself because like that fucking that sucked <laughs> like it like, literally it sucks so so much and like it's hard and it comes with so many obstacles and like so many self challenges but like and you also might get the occasional like oh you have an eating disorder like yeah i don't you do you do you, you do. know i'm sure so like yes you it's do yes it's just not the like everyday normal yeah because like people that don't know like you think of eating disorder you think of eugenia cooney um, right you don't have to be like you know the worst thing ever or like in it like there's a lot of levels in between like different body shapes everybody's different yeah but i think just like when you recover into a body that is not the societal norm that society deems bad adds a whole nother layer to it and this is something i truly had not even scratched the surface on until i started this living sir you didn't talk about this ever no not really i mean i know i didn't with libby I know I've never talked about this with Libby. I thought you screamed at her and said you're in a smaller body. That I mean, but that's as far as it's gone. <laughs> like, that's that's as far as it's gone. Okay. There was no follow-up conversation after that. So, like, when I tell you I scratched the surface, like, that is as far as it's gone. The most I've ever talked about is Adara. And we've just talked about, because she is in a bigger body. And mm-hmm. she does experience these things, you know, almost daily. And so, like, I think it's important to try to have someone on your team that's in a bigger body. Yeah. And so, like, I think I definitely will be opening the floor to this conversation on Monday with Brie. Because although she is in a smaller body, like, Brie is, Brie is Brie and Brie is badass. So, like. Very understanding, too. Very, very understanding and very knowledgeable. So, I think that she would be a good person to, like, talk to. But, 
again like having Adara to talk to and like talk it through because she is someone in a bigger body is nice yeah but I do think having someone to talk to even if it's just a friend going through the same thing has been so beneficial so I was just gonna say to end the episode like this shit needs to stop but like okay cool how <laughs> like how are we gonna stop it or like lessen it i don't know like what are the actionable steps for just not just me and you but like everyone education Education. which will probably never happen um i think just like i mean it goes back at least education for the people that are setting the standards like the doctors yeah like educating that like it doesn't we start there doesn't determine your eating disorder diagnosis and your health And, and or your health like, I'm not trying to be a health at every size preacher right now. I'm really not. But, like... It's so true. Yeah. It's just, like, I think we could use a little <laughs> more information on that subject uh, with, the with like, the medical professionals. And, I mean, dietitians, too. Not, not necessarily eating disorder dietitians, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I think that's where it has to start. And so, like, I don't have the answer to that. I can't be like, Harvard, please tell all your doctor. Like, that's not going to happen. But I think if at least if we just talk about it, if everyone just starts talking about it, someone's going to see it and do something like that has the power to do something. Hopefully we'll bring it up because it's just really an issue. And it's like a circular issue for every single person in the eating disorder community. Like, it's just like not. So... If you're listening and you're powerful, <laughs> you're powerful. Hit up some health organizations and do some shit. Not your regular coach podcast.